Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beats his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three things. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Should never have not been a call. They said not only was it interference, it was helmet to helmet. For two calls. They just they couldn't believe it. So that was... No, we spoke initially, then I called to follow up, and first thing Al said when I got on the phone, we messed it up. I thought it was a bang-bang type play. The one thing I respect about <laughs> the, the refs today is they let the guys compete and they let the guys play. Uh, I thought Nikel Roby made a nice play. They snapped it on a, on a quick snap and had a little wheel route coming out of the backfield. I thought it was a competitive type play, and uh, you know, certainly I'm not going to complain about the way that that was officiated. Uh- He's got the smile, though. Yeah, look at that. It's amazing how perspective can change things a little bit. That was Sean McVay, obviously, talking about the no call and Sean Payton before that. Welcome to Off the Bench, Canel and Bell, Casey Kiernan, to the rescue today. Last-minute call to the bullpen. You're coming in to save us today, so I don't have to do this thing solo. Last week, you had the golf game. I know, I did. I had the big golf tournament. How did you do, by the way? So I was up playing at the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions okay. with the LPGA Tour. They have 30 of their past winners from this past year, and they play. It's a very serious event, very, very competitive. Very serious, yes, yes. I shot 75 the first day. Uh-huh. I shot an 83 the second day. That's... So the wheels came off, and then it could have gone one way or it could have gone another way. Okay. Got it back in, reined it in for two more 76s. Nice. So 75, 83, 76, 76. So I was, I was 15th place out of about 40. That's very good. You were, you were fourth at one point. Well, yeah, because I was one of the earliest that was. Oh, okay. okay, I was first for a little bit and I screen grabbed it so I could text everybody and like take pictures and talk smack, which I obviously did. So yeah, it was a ton of fun. I had my daughter, Cameron. She was on my back for me. She caddied for me. Mm -hmm. Although she started to, to, get exhausted so i was actually carrying it like half the time but you uh, expect it was that really though going cool. in right yeah yeah, a oh, little yeah. Bit. i knew it for sure but like the lpga girls could not have been nicer lexi thompson brooke henderson like the best players in the world were out there and she got to like be behind the ropes and take it's very them. cool for her yeah it was awesome. awesome it was awesome so what was your reaction to the no pi call so I thought it was obviously it was an awful call yeah right? it was obvious. a horrible call they should have called the penalty here's the thing I, and we'll, we can break all this down because I think you do have to look at it like, all right, what does this mean from an NFL standpoint? Like, do they change the rules, which I do think they will, but that's a little bit later. If you're Sean Payton, and I don't, I, I don't want to say this because he's getting asked a lot of questions. He's probably getting asked, what did you think of that last call? But even seeing him right after the game with Aaron Andrews, like when they're in the tunnel and he's right outside the locker room, she was like, what do you think? And he went right to the call. He's like, I got to get the, you know, that call has to be made. You had the Rams on the ropes. You had them 13 to nothing. You had every opportunity before that to put the game away. You had the ball first in overtime. There were a number of opportunities that you should have won that game. It won't, and, and you know, if a guy, if a guy drops a pass, if a kicker make, misses a kick, you say it doesn't come down to that one play. The same thing here. It's, if you're the home field and you have the better quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, and you have the home field advantage. You can't let it come down to that point in the game. I'm sorry. I do not have that much sympathy for the no call. They were three and a half point favorites, meaning Vegas thought it was going to be a close game. So yep. when you say it can't come down to that last final game, I mean, Vegas thought this was going to be a close game. Agreed. It was. Yep. So you're right. You can't come down to the final play. And you're, you're right. Normally we don't blame refs. We hate to blame <laughs> refs. Point at the ref, not point at ourselves. This one feels different though, doesn't it? Yeah. Because that- they probably would have won the game. 
Sportsline put out a thing on on HQ Instagram. Sportsline said 98% chance to win the game if it was called a PI. This one feels different. I hate those stupid things. I really, like when I'm watching those games and see it cuz all the time when there's an upset or a crazy finish or a Hail Mary they're right. like, well they had a 98%. What if but what if it gets blocked? What if there's a drop snap? Right, what but if there's only a, it? but there's only a 2% chance <laughs> oh, it gets true. blocked. That is true. Yeah, yeah. It it was an awful call. It probably cost them the game, yeah. and that will haunt them. It'll be something that they will be thinking about for the rest of their lives. The Sean year Payton before they had the lost. Minneapolis miracle, yes. now they have this. How do they regroup this offseason? And more importantly, do you think Drew Brees ever gets back to and wins the Super Bowl? I do. I, I mean, I wouldn't write him off. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know if he gets back to the Super Bowl because you only have these opportunities so exactly. many times in a career. Home field throughout, like that's a huge advantage. He is getting up there. His play. He got outplayed in this game. Like, I thought Jared Goff, as bad of a start that Jared Goff got off to, because he looked shaken, he looked a little rattled, the crowd noise was clearly affecting what they were trying to do. I thought he was shaken, and credit to Sean McVay, because I really thought the turning point in the game was when they had the fourth down conversion, when they faked the punt and they got the first down. It did. Their momentum changed. Absolutely, and I thought that took some of the load off Jared Goff, and you just felt all of a sudden they had this renewed enthusiasm. But Drew Brees did not have a good game. He had several balls throughout the game that he usually makes that are kind of layup throws for him, right. and he simply missed them. I did not think he played his best game. And even in spite of that, they still had a chance to win it late. Yeah. But uh to your question about getting back, I don't know, man. The NFC is is so challenging. You're, the Rams are still a young team. you got other teams. The Eagles were Carson right there. Wentz, yeah. yeah, there's just a ton of other. It's just hard to get to the Super Bowl. And, you know, and yet we're seeing Tom Brady do it for the ninth time. And you're like, well, what's so well, hard about it? Yeah, that's um, crazy. And we're going to break that game down in a bit. Yeah. Let's talk about the Rams. Todd Gurley got five touches. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ Anderson, you know, on the divisional game and in this game, he looked very good. What the heck is going on with Todd Gurley? He's sitting there on the sideline watching the game like the rest of us. Yeah, I was, I was perplexed. I assume it's injury related. Like yeah. there's something going on where he's not a hundred percent because he's been out with this knee injury for a while. He's been, you know, he's been kind of working his way slowly back into this game plan, but he did have over a hundred yards in their game versus the Dallas Cowboys. He said, quote, I was awful. I was sorry. He did say that, but. But he's your he's your forty five million dollar man. Yeah, he's got to. I I honestly don't know. I think it might have been something to do with an injury, but for him to get as little amount of play as he did in that game, I mean, was C.J. Anderson just playing so well that you thought to yourself, "Oh, they can't put Todd Gurley in." Look at the way C.J.'s playing. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things too. Is you have that luxury if you're Sean McVay, if you have that to fall back on, and he's been one of the hottest, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, backs in the NFL. There is something to be said, Casey, about being fresh. At this point in the season, even if you had a bye week, even if whatever your circumstance is, you are gassed. You are, your, your body's beat up. Your legs are tired from beneath you, uh, from underneath you. And CJ Anderson, having not played a lot of the season, he's got the fresh legs. He even referenced it. He said, I'm one of the freshest running backs in the NFL. Yep. And I think it shows. We, when we used to be at practice on different teams I played for. And it would be in November. And a lot of times when you put guys on IR, you can sign new players. And without a doubt, without question, the new player that would sign in practice, he'd be out there running at a different pace. And everybody was like, <laughs> slow down a second. You got fresh legs and we're out here dying. They were like, don't make us look bad in practice. But that is a very real scenario. Would it translate to the game too? Oh yeah, for sure. That's you awesome. are fresher. You have better yeah. endurance. Like it's all right there for you. And I think that's one of the reasons that CJ Anderson yeah. is doing that. So before we turn the page and look at the AFC, 
Is the Super Bowl tainted at all for you because of this? I mean, that's that was the sub headline. The headline in the New Orleans Times Picayune said, "Refing unbelievable." Yeah, that was a great headline. <laughs> and then the sub headline said, "Super Bowl tainted by missed pass interference call by referees." Do you agree with that or is that them being a homer? Uh, that's clearly them playing to the home crowd okay. for sure. But no one's going to remember that. Like and like you'll remember it if you're a Saints fan. Yeah. But like ultimately in 10 years you're going to remember the Rams Patriots. I don't know. I mean, I was pretty uh not excited but 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 jazzed up about how the story of the game was the Saints got screwed. Like that was the story of the game. That's all anyone was talking about. They weren't talking about the Rams going back to the Super Bowl since they moved to LA all that stuff. And I was trying to think of when is the last time the story of the game was team a loses, not team B wins. Right. I think the last time was probably the Falcons in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, right? Yeah. You yeah. remember the last big game when the story of the game was this other team lost the game, not this team won. Yeah, but even that, when the Falcons blew their 28-3 lead, we still talk about the Patriots dynasty. You know, like they still came back and pulled it away from them. Ultimately, so so that will let it rest. I think Saints okay. fans obviously will never forget it. Never forget Those it. players, Drew Brees will lose sleep over that for the rest yep. of his career. They'll remember this loss more than their win. Like okay. they'll remember they'll they'll that haunting feeling of missed opportunity yeah. will will affect them longer and than it's, their Super Bowl. And it's hard to accept because they did get get screwed by the refs. Yeah. I feel like the Minneapolis miracle was easier to accept. Because another football team executed, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, and it was within, you know, the, the rules of the game, hats off to them. Right. This is difficult to accept when because I was, they got screwed. When I was in high school, my sophomore year, we were in the state championship. And one of my, we, we had three of us. We called us the three amigos. It was kind of corny. I know it sounds like it, but we had three dudes. We were best friends. Sure. We'd all played. One of my buddies missed a layup to win the game, like time expiring, going in. He got hacked so bad. Yeah. Did not call it. To this day, it's still like we feel like we got robbed. But my buddy who had the chance at the layup still said, I should have made it. You know, like he's still – but it's still that hard to get over. And there's nothing really – you can't make the play there. If you're yeah. – you know, you just can't make it. That was just an awful call right yeah. there. It's going to be something that will haunt Listen, if your buddy still talks about a layup in a high school game. Exactly. That's my point. Like think about how much <laughs> These guys are going to be thinking about – Forever. It will. <laughs> go to the So what do you guys think they do to change this? Because like this happens all the time that like a play comes down to a and referee's you can't review call. Yeah, and what do you do? Right? Like, I mean, well, how do you change this? How do how do they change it moving forward? While at the same time not slowing the game down, right? I mean, well, because that's, people that's why I hate replay exactly, and people complain so much about the remember catch no catch. It was such a deal, and we had to wait through so many uh, replay reviews just for them to call no catch. But we now you're going to review the, pass interference? No, but I think they will. I think this will be coke and answer. This will be one of those seminal moments in the NFL history where it's kind of similar to the Des Bryant catch no catch in Green Bay when that you know that call was blown and they started looking at catches differently and they still they finally this year it feels like they finally figured it out Agreed. and there were several and I I hated the way it slowed some of the game down you had several catches in the Chiefs Patriots game yeah. but they got them right for the most part I do think this one was so egregious you'll see such an outcry that people that the NFL will the NFL is reactionary. They will react to this and they'll say we need to fix this so this yeah. doesn't happen again. And they will have something where maybe it's a challenge flag. Final same two way. minutes, maybe 
Final two minutes. The NBA has a similar rule now. Within the final two minutes, you can review certain things that you can't the rest of the game. Yeah, maybe, and maybe that's a solution they come up with. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it throughout the whole game and just have it a challenge flag. You can throw the challenge if you think it was that bad and it was that egregious. Yeah. I do think you will see some action. Something like, will happen. You think and that's it was a bad, good like, part about the NFL. They, they yeah. can turn on a dime and react yeah. to things. So. How about how much money was swung on that? Like how many, like that's probably something that, you know, if those players remember it, there were a lot of people. There were a lot of uh, of videos online too, yeah. of people smashing TVs and everything. Right. Um. So I do think there will be a change. All right, let's go to the Patriots Chiefs because that game was insane as well. And to me, I'm mad at myself. I'm kicking myself, kind of like the Saints are after that one. Because preseason, I picked the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. Right. And going into this game, I picked the Chiefs to win it at home, and I totally. <laughs> Just did this like the dumbest move ever. And it wasn't that I was writing off. It had nothing to do with Brady's age. It had nothing to do with Belichick or the dynasty coming to an end. I just thought the Chiefs were a better team. They had more offensive weapons. And the biggest surprise to me was the Kansas City defense, which is bad. They're 31st in the league in total defense. They're 31st against the pass. But they have been able to get to the quarterback. They have been able to sack quarterbacks. I... The biggest thing I did not see coming was them having zero sacks on Tom Brady. Right. And that's – if you can't pressure him, he will pick you apart all day long, and that's exactly what happened. They had three sacks on Andrew Luck the week before, yep. who, by the way, had great protection all year. Yep. Uh They had all those batted balls at the line of scrimmage, right? Yep. But they didn't step up in this one. In fact, it was the third most yards allowed in a playoff game. <laughs> the third most yards allowed by the home team, rather. Yep. Uh, so yeah, and you know, that was kind of the book on the Chiefs all year was great offense, but the defense is going to let you down. It ended up letting them down the end. And so in overtime, you know, the Patriots win the coin toss and it's 13 plays, 75 yards, Rex Burkhead touchdown. They win the game. Pat Mahomes never touches the football. Here's another question. Should they consider changing the rules of overtime? Yes, this one I don't think they will, but they should. I've been a firm believer. They already uh, tweaked it once. Yeah, but they won't. I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. For for at least 10 years, I have felt like college football's overtime is the best overtime in sports. I think it's exciting. I think you have all elements of the game that are involved because you have offense, you have defense, and you have special teams. A lot of times the kicker has to make a big kick. Yeah. The only tweak I would make in college, it starts at the 25-yard line. I would move it back to about the 35, maybe even the 40, to make it a little bit more difficult on a kicker if they do go three and out. But I would absolutely change it. I've been a big proponent of that. I don't think the NFL will react as swiftly to this one because you know what they can say? They can say, "Well, look at the Saints. They had the ball first. They didn't score." It's like true. if you're, if you're, you know, if you, if you want to, you have that opportunity. You don't. You stop them from making a touchdown. But a coin toss shouldn't be that important. I agree. Like I agree. And by but, the way, it was funny. I think through week like twelve, the Chiefs were the only team to not lose a coin toss. <laughs> they were twelve really? and zero. Yeah, really? that's and how it finally went. they. Left. But second, but the NFL will come out and they'll say we tweak the rule like you're talking about yeah. if they're defense. It only held him to a field goal. They would have gotten the ball and they would have had every opportunity. They would have had the opportunity to do it. I hate it. I'm with you. I think it's dumb. I think how can you not let the other team get a chance to even have the ball offensively, which is why the college game is the best. It's the most exciting. It's it's and I love the way they accelerate it throughout where you have to go for two, you know, after yes. a couple. So it kind of forces the issue. So it can't go and on. And you forever. get those crazy overtimes. Oh, it's, Remember, it's awesome. TCU and, and Oregon. LSU. How about Texas A&M on LSU? This was 70. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How was, many overtimes was that? 
that? Seven? Seven? Yeah, which was awesome. Like, I, but what about player if that game would have gone that Player safety is a huge Oh, issue. come on. Get out of here with the player safety. It's Eight. a couple more plays. It's not that big a deal. They're still having to go out there and play. I think we wait, I think uh, we make way too much a big deal out of player safety. Okay. I do. They're doing That's going to be an argument against it, though. That's another one why I don't. The NFL, I think they will make a shift in, in the reviews, but I don't think they've seen enough from the overtime. Sure. And especially because they again they can go back and look at the Saints and they say they had the ball first and yeah. they didn't win. You know? There will be more outcry about the no PI call than there will about the overtime. Right. What about what about the roughing the passer call? The one on Tom Brady. But they the missed NFL. on Jared Goff when it was the exact same thing. Well they yeah, what, but they had the one they had the one on Tom Brady where Chris Jones just comes down and it looks like he hits him in the face and they throw a flag and it's roughing the passer. So it's just like, that's like another penalty that it's just like, we're talking about player safety and protecting the quarterback. Right. I think right. they're still doing a little too much. And in situations like that, like, are you going to review that? It's such a subjective game, football, the NFL football, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, here we are. We're nitpicking this. We're nitpicking that football. There's so much subjectivity that goes into it with these rests. I feel like no matter what we tweak, we're going to have like 10 more things to tweak. Well, and you often see they still miss calls, even with replay. I am old school. I would rather go back and say, let's do away with replay altogether and just have the human error element. No, I am okay sorry. with that. Like, cause I mean, if the players, no, drop, when you can get it right, you should get it. Ah, right. See, I don't, you're not always going to get it but right. That's reviewing. the thing. They will have, they will have catches and they'll still will be right. But uproar. you're talking about reviewing subjective things. Like I guess catch, no catch is objective, but, but PI, PI is subjective. Be, right. They could still mess that up. Correct. So replay for those things. But when you can get it right, you should. Did the ball cross the goal line? Yeah. That's a big one. Did yeah. his knee hit the ground before the ball crossed the goal? Those things you should get right. Right. I mean, we could go on and on about rest. No, there's been a forever it's happened. One of my, I only started one playoff game. Okay. One playoff this game of the New York Giants against the Minnesota Vikings. We got beat. Because the Minnesota Vikings threw a touchdown pass to Jake Reed in the back of the end zone, and his toes were over the line. He was out of bounds. They called it a touchdown. Yeah, I was okay. I was like, all right, we got hosed, but it's part of it. Like I, don't, I am okay with it. Let me bring something up that might be a little touchy to some people that are a little bit older. Okay, because I do think this is an issue. Have you looked at the officials that are out there trying to referee a game that's played by twenty-two to mostly twenty-two to twenty-eight year olds? I mean, yeah, you have the exceptions, Brady and Breeze. But these officials, to me, are too old to be keeping up with players that are that young and that athletic and that fast, where they're caught out of position way too many times, as evidence in the Rams-Saints game. I think the NFL should really look, and I don't know what kind of laws they'd be getting into, if it's age discrimination or not, but the NFL is cutthroat from a player's perspective. True. Guys get cut all the time because they get old and they're not as productive the NFL needs to take action and say, all right, if this guy is routinely out of position, if he's routinely missing calls, they need to hold them to the same standard that they do players. And I'm sorry, but I think a lot of that has to do with guys being older and not able to keep up and be in the right spot. They try to get the best guys to ref the biggest games. Right. I know that. Right. According to the so, success rate. They have a report card, and they give the guys exactly. with the report card there. And so I think they're doing the best that they can. I think on some plays, it's hard for me to say you just get some wrong when that was that egregious, the P.I. Right. 
But I could also see if you are in the wrong position, maybe from the wrong angle. You couldn't tell. Right. But uh in this case, you're right. It's 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 I don't, I gonna honestly, be hard to get over. I honestly don't know why they're older. Like I honestly don't know why. I mean, I guess is there a seniority thing? They've had to earn their it's way. It's the same way in baseball. Long? Um it, I don't know, you know, in basketball it's a lot different because those guys are having to, to keep pace. Exactly. And and in football, I feel like there are so many different referees in different positions they're almost placed to be in a good position right with minimal mobility right. right but still they get they get in the middle of things they can get caught up they can get out of position i say let the guys that are older once they age out they can go be in the replay review they can be sure. in, the, in the booth which they already kind of are yeah. um and we'll do that but i don't know if that rule is changing anytime soon but i do predict they have a rule change with reviews of penalties and the, yeah. the like because of that game Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back, Ken Ellen Bell. Before we preview the uh, Rams uh, Patriots matchup, I do want to put a bow on Patrick Mahomes' season, his performance, because I don't think you've seen a quarterback with this much influence on the league since Dan Marino in 1984 through 48 touchdown passes. Like I think he has changed the game. I think he's doing things that we haven't seen. I think he's a generational type quarterback. Yeah. I think you will see this type of play continue from him. And I think you're just, I think he's had that much of an impact on the NFL and you like, it was a rough first half, but they didn't get the ball like credit to the Patriots for just running the football and owning the time of possession. But once they started to figure things out and they got the ball in his hands, he got them in a position back when there was only 39 seconds on the clock. He gave them a position to get to, to get the game to overtime I mean, I looked at this kid this season, and I questioned Andy Reid for trading away Alex Smith, thinking, man, this is a really, really risky move, trading away yeah. one of the most efficient quarterbacks we've seen. We were afraid he was going to throw all these interceptions yes. we had heard from training camp, right? Exactly. And I was thinking, oh, man, Andy Reid's going all in on this dude. Yep. And now you see why. And kudos to Andy Reid. Again, Andy Reid is going to get <laughs> crushed again for the postseason you know, lack of success. Oh. But for him to put faith in this dude and then for him to go out and perform the way he did – is unbelievable. It's truly remarkable. He did not have a game where I looked at him and said, that's a first year starter. Right. And usually it always happens. You know, even this year, um, you know, you go back and you look at some of the guys like Carson Wentz, they'll have a down game. Uh, this, you know, Jared Goff, and I know it wasn't his first year starting, but he had the four picks against Chicago. They just, guys have bad games. Yeah. You literally could not find one from Patrick Mahomes this year. In his worst game, when they lost to the Rams, he had, cause he had a few turnovers. He had six touchdown passes. Like, so he wasn't phased at all by some of his mistakes he made in that Even game. Even the close Denver game, uh, with the left-handed pass. Yes. His stats were so bad, but he almost willed them to that win, right? Exactly. On the road, it was a huge win. And of course, everyone's going to then say, Hey, league's going to get film on this kid. He's 20 right. years old. Maybe a regression is coming right around the corner. What do you say to that? I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I think if you look, yeah, sophomore slump, you see, but he's, Unless people figure out Andy Reid's system, then they might have a chance of stopping him. But as long as Tyreek Hill's still out there, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins is back. You know, he was healthy performing yeah. in that one. Here's the thing. You can even defend the system, 
Look at how many plays he made in the game last night where he started scrambling, and that's where he makes a lot of his hay. Absolutely. is outside the pocket, and that's what the best quarterbacks do. A lot of quarterbacks can read out things, and they can execute within a system. The best quarterbacks in the game, Aaron Rodgers, Steve Young, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, when things fall apart, mm-hmm. they find a way to make a play, and that's what Patrick Mahomes might do better than anybody because he has more athleticism than any of those to move guys. around. Russell Wilson, I think of as well. Russell Wilson, absolutely, yeah. but he has more arm strength than any of those guys. Right. I mean, his ability to just throw the football at weird, awkward arm angles, coming out, throw, running to his left, which has always been the hardest for a right-handed quarterback to do, for him just to flip it side, you know, rip it down the field thirty yards. Yeah. That stuff is unheard of. So. I know we're going to preview Super Bowl 50. Yeah. When you said the most influential quarterback in the league you've seen in a long time, what does that mean? Influ- I think he's going to be the face of the NFL. I think okay. he's going, I think you're going to see because Bre- Breeze and Brady can't play forever. Roethlisberger's getting older. You're out of the young crew of Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky. He will be the face of Dak the NFL. Prescott. Don't forget Dak. You can't forget the Cowboys quarterback, Danny. Uh- <laughs> He's there because he's the Cowboys because quarterback, the Cow- but clearly he's not in the same league. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the face of the NFL okay, who, for the next 10, 15 years. Wow. Really? Who gives Pat Mahomes his biggest run for the money in that, in that, uh, category? You think it's maybe Carson Wentz? Yeah, but he's got the injury. Healthy. I know. Geez. He's got to stay healthy, which is a very real Crazy. problem. When you're and, talking about like, Hey, you got to do it. Like you have, that's part of the position. Is staying healthy. It is. And you know what helps being the face of the league is being in the playoffs year after year, and he's got the head coach to get in there. Deshaun Watson's another one that I think would challenge him for similar playmaking ability. And what I'm saying, like influential, you're going to see the guys that play the quarterback position like I did, like stand in the pocket, those are done. Those are dinosaurs. Tom Brady is a dinosaur. Even as much success as he's had – you will not see that. The evolution of the game is moving to guys who are athletic. Because of what pro- college is doing. Absolutely. And giving us, right? Absolutely. Spread. That's yeah. why you're seeing guys like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's another one I think could challenge That's a good that point. role. Yeah. But he's out there doing stuff that we haven't seen done. It is changing rapidly. Yeah. And then it'll be, and then it'll be Trevor Lawrence probably. Yeah. It'll exactly. probably be yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Tua, like there's the, the, the quarterback position is as healthy as it's ever been as far as the older guys still playing well. The younger guys are playing a level we've never seen before. And then the pipeline in college, you're yeah. seeing guys come up who look like they can step in and do it too. Yep. And there was a, there was a, I don't like these reports when they come out, but there was a report that came out that said Patrick Mahomes could be the first $200 million quarterback. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But I'm like, let's just slow down a little bit. I mean, who knows if a team's going to be willing to back up that much money. We said the same thing about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. They could be the first $400 million, and that's kind of dialed back a little yeah. bit. Um, but he's definitely going to be a star, and I don't think money's going to be any issue with him what's, whatsoever. All right, so Super Bowl 53 is set. Uh, the Patriots are currently a one-and-a-half-point favorite, mm-hmm. but that was not the case at the opening line where the, the Rams way. were a one-point favorite. And do you know how long that lasted? Well, I bet Four, it, was, it was 14 seconds. Are you serious? And that's how much Someone must have put down a huge bet. I mean, that's how the Sharps do it, right? Yep. They should, they bet early yep. and they find the they, value. Yeah, they find So the someone edge. must have said, Hey, if the Rams come out favored, I'm throwing down <laughs> a six figure bet. They did 14 seconds later as a pick them. And then a little later on, it's now the Patriots by one and a half. It's going to be, see, I, I was hoping, I don't know about you, like what I was hoping for in this game. I did not want to see Brady versus Breeze. 
I just didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see golf versus Mahomes. You feel like we've I seen that before. See, no, but I wanted Bruce. to see one. I wanted to see one older and one younger. Like I wanted to see, and, and that's what we got. Yeah. I thought it was going to be completely switched. I thought it was going to be Brady so did Vegas. versus Mahomes. Exactly. Yeah. I thought the home favorites would win. Clearly, I was way wrong on this one. But I do feel like, and we're going to have a lot of time. We got two weeks to games. So we're going to have a lot of time to break this down. I do feel like. I'm going to go back to, hey, I'm never going against the Patriots again until Brady and Belichick are not on that sideline because, man, do I feel foolish for thinking that the Chiefs were going to do that at home because they are. They're they're the best duo that's out there that we've seen, and what they're able to do is just remarkable considering how much success they've had. They're obviously going to challenge for the Steelers' all-time record with six Super Bowl uh, championships. They've got five. They can tie that. But what Brady and Belichick have done together – I don't, it's hard to appreciate. It is. When and they're not done. Moment. And they're not done. And we're gonna, we're gonna appreciate it for forever, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and get, they're not done. It'll get better with time because we'll never see this. And thing. they're hard to, to root for in the moment outside of New England. They're hard to root for because they've beaten all of our favorite teams. <laughs> yeah. Because they're always in there and we think I've seen this movie before. I want to see a new movie. So you root against them, right? Yeah. But in the decades to come, all the, you know, documentaries and books that'll be written, we're going to appreciate this forever and they're not done. A lot of people buried them after Josh Gordon went down, right? Yeah. And re- sure. do you remember what Tom Brady and told Terry. Tracy Wilson? No, what did he say? Remember when they won the divisional game? Well, I know everyone thinks we suck. Oh, we yeah, for games. sure. So they heard it, right? Yeah. Like the narrative. So how is it that they're able to lose that heartbreaker in Miami, mm-hmm. lose Josh Gordon, um, have to go on the road and win a playoff game, which the, their history and a lot of people's history isn't, isn't in their favor. Yep. Overcome all that and then be in this position. Because they've got the greatest coach to ever coach and the greatest quarterback to ever play. And not on top of that, they come in with this intensity like we've, we don't see. Like even guys that are great, that are good quarterbacks, they don't come in with that chip on their shoulder the way Brady has. And you heard it from a lot of players in that locker room. Yeah. So that when they're there and Brady says, we are staying after practice to work on this route for an extra 30 minutes, everybody's like, all right, we're there. I mean, guys in the NFL, some of the guys go through the motions, right? They do it for the money. They do it for the paychecks. And that's fine. I was one of those guys. But a lot of times there would be a younger quarterback would say, hey, can we get an extra meeting? And I was like, no, man, what are we doing? <laughs> you have Brady in there, Belichick. They will do it. They'll Setting respond the to it. Yes. And they have probably one of the smartest teams in the NFL. When you look just at football IQ, you hear that term thrown out a lot in the draft process. They're smart. They know their roles. They know where to be in the specific chances on the specific opportunities. And they trust their leaders, Belichick and Brady, that if they tell them to be in a spot, they will be there. That's why they can repeatedly, uh, repeatedly in third down situations, go back to Julian Edelman and Gronk and convert, you know, at this rate in clutch times, like you just don't see. Mm-hmm. It's that trust and that's relationship that's there that is, is, it, 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 that just doesn't happen by accident. That's an entire off season when Brady takes the crew to, Wherever it Montana is. Montana or wherever yeah, it is. I think it Costa is Montana. Rica, wherever yeah. they go and they train and they drill and they drill. That's when it pays off is in that game in the biggest moment. I think it is also the chip on the shoulder thing that for some reason Brady still hadn't gotten rid of the six round draft pick. I heard a cool story that said that with some, some coach told them the way that you get the first guy in the roster and the last guy, the most talented and the least talented all on the same page is to say they're against us. Yeah. Everyone's against us. And then for some reason it creates this team motivation 
that we're all pulling the exact same way. And the Patriots had that with the way everyone buried them after they lost Josh Gordon. Yep. And uh Tom Brady is the baddest mother bleeper yeah. on the planet, as right, he right, stated right. before the game. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Let's finish off some leftovers. So Marcus Peters and Sean Payton uh, had a pretty significant beef. And it started after the regular season matchup when the Saints got the best of the Rams. And Marcus Peters came in afterwards and telling the reporters, like, hey, I'm going to see him again. I'm going to get some of that gumbo. Was talking all kind of smack and said, we'll see you again. So now Marcus Peters did get the best of him. He doesn't care about the no call at the end of the game. And Coca, apparently, what he, so he ran up to Sean Payton, like, immediately after the game, was jawing in his face. Afterwards, he had some significant comments toward him, too. What was, uh, what was the worst thing you saw Marcus Peters do? Yeah, it looks like, it looks like that was the case, that, like, he, he knew what he was gonna do. If they won this game, he was gonna find Sean Payton, and he was gonna be the first person there to just, you know, tell him he needed some gumbo. He told him, he told him that we weren't done, nobody was done yet, and he wanted Sean Payton to know it. I, I love it. I love the move. I love the trash talk because it happened after the game and from someone like Marcus Peters who's always called out. Like everybody's always blaming him for a missed assignment or a miss this. So the Saints wide receivers didn't do anything in that game. They were basically completely shut down. Michael Thomas was taken out of the game. So I love the move by Marcus Peters. What do you say? I do too. I don't have any problem. Hey, if you're going to talk trash, as long as you back it up, you can do whatever you want to. I was curious too, though. This does feel like Jen and I, Raza and I have talked about this a lot. I do think Sean Payton is a coach who's a little more chirpy than other coaches. I do think he gets involved and gets out there and does say things to other players. And if that's his MO, if that's the type of things he's saying behind the scenes and nobody talks about, I'm all for the players doing it. I would say this though. And again, this kind of goes to my old school philosophy. I would, I like to trash talk during the game when you're out there playing and then like squash it once it's over. Like, you know how like, I'll give you the example. Like Conor McGregor, when he fights anybody, you think he's going to kill the dude, right? And they talk with this hatred like you never see anywhere else. But then what does he do after the fight? He goes up, congratulates him, hugs him, and then all he talks about how great the fighter was and gives him, you know, credit if he, even if he beats him, he'll be like, hey, that was a great fight. I know this guy put up a great one. Or if he loses, he's been really good in his defeats too, saying, hey, that guy was just better than me at the time. I do feel like, again, it kind of goes to setting a tone, setting an example. Like, Put it behind you. Go out there, trash talk during the game, say all you want, but once it's done, say congratulations and move on to the next thing. Like, I just don't understand why some of these beefs have to go on and on and on. Although there de- definitely is some genuine dislike, uh, from Marcus Peters and Sean Payton, and he is out there, and he's not, this won't be the last of him. For, um, Coca, for Super Bowl media days, you always see characters come out. Marcus Peters is going to be somebody I want a microphone in him like in the the entire day at media day because that dude has some of the funniest one-liners and just interactions with the media that we've ever seen. Like I cannot wait to see him go at it with. You know media. who I hope who I hope shows up to media day just to annoy you is the the, the whistle monster, <laughs> the guy from New Orleans. I hope he just shows up just to annoy everybody there. Did you weren't annoyed by it? Not re- I mean. Kind, I, I thought that the players, like, thought it was a real whistle at some point. Exactly. But it's Which just like, it's like the, the, the Northwestern screecher. Like, somebody should have walked out and been like, dude, you just gotta chill, man. Like, just dude, clap. Clap your hands, but you gotta stop whistling. So you would have shut him down. If you were there and you were security, you would have shut him down. Even because if I, I wasn't security. If <laughs> I was just sitting, imagine being the person who has to sit next to him. Oh, the they'd entire have a game. Like, we hear it on TV. 
But, like, sitting next to him and hearing him whistle has to just be unbearable. I was streaming the game online because I was driving back from Orlando. So I was watching in the car as I was driving home on my iPad. And I was wondering if it was one of those things that was on the online-only broadcast. And, like, that's the only way you could, uh, you could hear it. But clearly it was bothering everybody. It's when you practice for crowd noise, that's the one thing you don't account for. Because every team has speakers blaring at practice and they'll play music. They'll play marching bands. They'll play crate. They'll play jet noise like jet fuel uh, or jet engines like going as loud as they can. The one thing they don't uh, practice for is fake whistles or real whistles that aren't a part of the game. And to your point, I do think there were plays when the Rams were looking around being like, oh, wait, we're going. There's no penalty. And that is where the NFL, I think, should step in because we've seen other organizations before. The Colts, famously, and I played there in the playoffs when I was with the Broncos, they definitely had crowd noise pumping through, and it becomes a very real, like, significant edge. And I get you're supposed to have home field advantage, but that's because of crazy fans are out there yelling. It shouldn't be a a safety risk, which is what's happening when players are out there and they think the play is whistled dead. So I don't know. But Whistle Man, I don't think he's going anywhere. And you know what? He's not going to be at Media Day because his team ain't going to be there. And I guarantee you this isn't the last that we hear of the non-call. The NFL is going to make a rule change. You will see that happen probably within the next couple months when the owners meet about it. It was that big of a rule. All right. Raza is back tomorrow. We'll get more on this game. The NBA is back. Uh, Alonzo Ball is out. But Boogie Cousins is in. All that and more the rest of the week on Canelo Dunn.